This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Jamie Foxx breaks his silence on social media. He thanks fans for all the love during his weeks in the hospital. He's been in the hospital for weeks. What the hell's going on here? Does anybody know? Mm-mm. I have no clue what the hell's going on. Jamie Foxx has broken his silence on social media three weeks after he was hospitalized with daughter Curran. Uh, said was a medical complication. Appreciate all the love, the 55-year-old actor said in an uh, Instagram post on Wednesday, his first since April 6th, feeling blessed. Celebrities like DJ Khalid, uh, AJ McLean, and Ludacris. I love how they spell Ludacris, by the way. It's a great spelling. Responded with a message of support, CNN reports, sending you strength and love, wrote Jeremy Renner. Oh, see, now Jeremy Renner just went through hell himself. Yeah. And the first thing he does is reach out and, and, you know, puts his attention on somebody else. Seems like a hell of a nice guy, doesn't he? Yeah, Jeremy Renner? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah absolutely. Yeah, just saw a picture of him the other day out in public uh, using a cane. Oh. So at least he's up and walking. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely true. Fox, who is still hospitalized in Atlanta, also expressed appreciation for Nick Cannon, his temporary replacement on the game show, Beat Shazam. Uh, TMZ reports this season, uh, not wanting fans of the game uh, show to miss a minute of the fun. Nick Cannon has offered to fill in as a guest. I got, I'm sorry, but I can't move on from this because I just heard about this yesterday. This whole Nick Cannon thing. Apparently somebody's putting out all these pictures of like entire football stadiums filled with people. <laughs> Nick Cannon's kids get together. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was going to say, Beat Shazam. Shazam is actually the name of one of Nick Cannon's kids. So, yeah, so. yeah Beat Shazam, because he's a pain in the ass, that's why. Yeah, I guess there, he, the more people he can find crowded together, the more he posts the picture of, here's Nick Cannon's kids oh having goodness. lunch together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's he got, like 12, 13 kids, yeah, something like that? Yeah, he's got 12, I think. 12? Yeah, and he spent, what day was it? He spent some day with them recently. It was like some sort of holiday that uh, I was hearing about, but he basically just like went around to, oh, it was Easter, that's what it was. He dressed like an Easter bunny, and huh? he, he started at like Aww. 7 a.m., and then he didn't get home until about 10.30 that night because he went to all of his kids' Easter's uh, to see all of them, oh and it took gosh. it took them all day. See, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. That is a wonderful thing right there. you got to support your kids, man. I mean, it was the first time he had seen them in like seven years, yeah. but totally <laughs> very nice that he was there but one time on Easter. So did you break the chain, Shannon? And you don't have to answer if you don't want to. The chain for what? Uh, everybody that works on this show was abandoned by their father. <laughs> I... I, I... I'm adopted, so yes. Oh. <laughs> no wonder why we like you. Four for four, baby. Four for four. Isn't that a... Do you think... Now, there's got to be a reason that we all ended up in an industry like this. Yeah. Right? I mean, we need attention, apparently. Don't you think? Yeah. It's an, there is an attention part to that. If Dad won't pay attention to me, all these other people will. I'll make them laugh. I'll make them laugh, <laughs> They'll Dad. stick around. No, it's... Pretty damn amazing. There's no so honest to God, you kept the string intact. Anybody comes in Proud does the show. Do it. Matter of fact, if if you're not available sometime and Brittany has to leave, I'm going to interview people. And say unless your father abandoned you, you can't come yeah. on and do the show. Yeah, let's see the cigarette burns he put out on your yeah. forearm. Yeah. yeah, and then you can come on this show. Yeah, you have to earn your your way in, and that's all there is to it. Although I got got to tell you, compared to a lot of dads in my neighborhood, I'm glad he abandoned me. I'll mm. tell you that. Holy Christ. Dad going home, getting drunk, coming home and being violent as hell with the kids. That's a nice touch, right? 
Although one time I do remember, I was, think I was maybe 15, 14 years old, I think I was, 14 or 15. And I was going to sneak out of the house, go have a, some drinks with my friends after dark, right? This is in the summertime, don't have to get up for school. My mom wouldn't let me go out after dark. Uh, not the safest neighborhood in the world, so I tried to sneak out of the house by climbing out the second-story window, landed almost, luckily it was under my right knee, but I almost landed right on top of a fence with my crotch. Mm. I'd, have, I'd have probably died. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, my, left, my right leg hooked around the, uh, around the fence, so it did not feel good, don't get yeah. me wrong. It yeah, still yeah. didn't feel great. <laughs> But I'll never forget that, trying to sneak out to have some schwiels with my buddies, and I end up with one bad gam. Huh? It's unfortunate, right? Did you still go out? Yes. Well, there you go. <laughs> I was limping the whole time, but, uh, you know, that, hey, when, you get, when they got the uh, schwiel, we got the, what was that again? Oh, Pfeiffer. There was a beard called Pfeiffer. I think it was made in Wisconsin. Hmm. I think you get two cases, for, and I'm, matter of fact, I don't think, I remember, you get two cases of Pfeiffer, 48 beers for $5. Okay. I will never forget. You get two cases of beer for five bucks. Well, this is a few years ago. And we could put down a lot of beer back in those days. Looks like it's still open. Pfeiffer is? Yeah. Oh, God, is it? How much is it now for a case of beer? Uh, you know, I'm just on their website right now. But, yeah, it's, uh, it had like a red logo, like red script. Yeah, uh, that was, absolutely. Yep, yep. that's um, the one. It says their brewery is reopening. I'm not sure exactly. Oh, Let's see if I can find that guy. Yeah, field trip. Contact or something. But yeah, um, it is funny when you see some of these old logos. Yeah. Because it's just like, it's a patriot playing a flute on the side of a beer can. You know, it's like, <laughs> okay, sounds good, bud. Good. Yeah. Works for us. No question. It's all good. No question. It's all good. So yeah, Pfeiffer's still, are they, are, are they reopening or are they still in business? Yeah, it says brewery reopening soon. So I don't know exactly, God. It, but it looks like this website, I mean, they do have merch that you can buy. They have a lot of pint glasses and t-shirts, hats, oh, sure. pins, stuff like yep. that. So um, yeah, let's see. Read the Pfeiffer beer history. I, yeah, you said it was out of Wisconsin? That, yeah, I, that's what I thought. thought it was? Yeah. yeah. I mean, so many beers came out of Wisconsin. Oh God, yes. Mm-hmm. No question about it. My God, did we have fun drinking Pfeiffer's, though. I'm just telling you. It looks like it had the original can had the pull, not like the tab that we know it now, but it had like that weird pullback. Yeah. Know, that, yep. the, yeah. And yep. it left that sort of uh, teardrop opening on the top of the can. Yes, it did. Yeah. Oh, man, that is old school. That's going back to, like I said, that's going back to seventh, eighth, ninth grade. That's when we drank most of the Pfeiffer's. <laughs> yeah. Honest to God. Well, it looks like they had one brewery in Detroit, Michigan at some point. Oh, okay. So it's still Midwest. Um, but, you know, sometimes these, these places, I mean, perhaps how many times it's packed up out of Wisconsin and went to Texas and then back to Milwaukee. Yeah, and, true. Mm -hmm. I love Milwaukee. I really, one of the most underrated cities in America. It's just a very interesting city because of the people. You found that you guys spend any time in Milwaukee? I've never been. I've been many times. And what do you think? I love it. I it's do one, too. It's one of my favorite places. Absolutely. I and I got it. I'm sorry, but I got to do this to Shannon too. I got to tell you, the first time I ever went to Milwaukee was to cut a Miller beer commercial. As mm -hmm. a matter of fact, it's the first time I ever went there, and I go past, past the Performing Arts Center, which they put on all the plays and all that stuff. The Performing Arts Center, and right down the block is a strip club called Arts Performing Center. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. I don't even know if it's still there, but that's very clever. <laughs> Performing Arts Center and Arts Performing Center. 
<laughs> I love that so much. But the food there is great. The people are terrific. You can find uh, a beer. There's no doubt about that in Milwaukee. Yeah, if you ever get a chance to spend a little time there, I think you'd like it. It's oh, yeah. uh, it's a, it's completely different from Minneapolis-St. Paul, even though it's just across one state. But I think you'd like it. That's all I'm saying. We should probably take a break because Chris Eggert's going to join us in a couple of minutes. You want to get that done? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's do it. We shall be right back right after this. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. Tom Bernard here. You might not know this about me and about my family, but we're kind of Nissan strong. I say that because I own a Nissan Altima from Walzer Nissan, and I love it. My son Andy owns a Nissan Rogue Sport from Walzer Nissan, and my daughter-in-law Melissa, yeah, you guessed it, drives a Nissan Kicks and carts grandson Ethan safely around town, also purchased at Walzer Nissan. You want to know who else is Nissan strong in the Twin Cities? Walzer Nissan and their trifecta of stores. Down south, GM Dan Resch at Walzer Nissan in Burnsville. West of the Metro, just off Highway 12 and Wyzetta Boulevard, is Casey Novotny's Walzer Nissan Wyzetta. And in Coon Rapids, north side of Highway 10 and Round Lake Boulevard, Jay Buck runs the show at his Nissan store. This month, you could test drive the all-new affordable Nissan Aria, all-new electric crossover SUV at all three Nissan stores. When you do, don't forget to let them know the Tom Bernard family sent you, Nissan strong and loyal like me and my family. Even if you're just Nissan curious, go to walzer.com and select the Walzer Nissan store nearest you. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX is The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back in the weather this morning, mostly sunny and warm with a high of 75 today. Sunny, warm, and 75, baby. Partial sunshine with an isolated shower in the afternoon, a high of 70 tomorrow. On Saturday, partly sunny with scattered showers possible, a high of 69. On Sunday, partly sunny with scattered showers, maybe some thunder, 72. Then Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, 72, 73, 71. So the weather has improved greatly. Yes, there's going to be some rain, but it's going to be off and on, not all day. Uh, Currently, it is sunny, and it is 56 degrees right now. 56, the IQ of Chris Eggert. Is that good? 56? (laughs) Eh, might be a little low. (laughs) Well, that shows you what I know. And it pretty much justifies what you just said to me. Didn't they prove that, that the IQ test really means nothing? It doesn't, it's not very accurate. 
I feel like only people that score very low. Yeah, say that. Talk negatively. (laughs) (laughs) Good point, Shannon. I don't think I've ever taken an IQ test. Have you guys taken an IQ test? Yes, sir, several times. Yeah? I think I have. I don't, but I kick ass on the Wordle every day. So I feel like I'm a very smart guy. That's all the IQ test I need. Mm -hmm. Tom, did you do it for a bit on the air or? No, it was a... I tested out of high school. Oh, that's right. When I was 16 years old, so they had to put me through all, just to make sure I wouldn't go out as a 16-year-old high school graduate. And uh, by the way, I still had to show up for homeroom every morning so they could say that I was there so they could get the federal funds. Yo, of course. I'm not kidding. They made me show up for homeroom. I remember you telling us that story before. (laughs) I guess I'm not surprised. I'm not either, but... Yeah, I uh, nobody should brag about their uh, about their IQ because the highest IQ ever recorded, I believe, was a a woman whom you would all know the name of. I believe her IQ is two twenty five. So good luck to all of us. I mean, if you're the smartest Jesus. person in the room, don't you just know you're the smartest person? In the oh room? yeah. Oh yeah. Like, do you need to? Like, nobody who's really super smart would be flexing about how high their IQ is, right? No, they're just, no. They're just no. sitting back, sizing up everybody and looking around going, God, you guys are a bunch of dummies. Marilyn Voss Savant is her name, and I believe she's married to Dr. Jarvik, the Jarvik Hart. Remember the oh, Jarvik yeah? Hart? I believe she's no. married to him. I don't know if that's still... Maybe those kids aren't together anymore, but <laughs> they were. But, yeah, she's uh, she does, I think... An, doesn't she do an advice column for syndicated newspapers? I think... It, I maybe used, I don't used to. Yeah, I don't remember. <clears throat> I don't know either, but let's add them all together, see if the four of us can get to 225. What do you say? See <laughs> <laughs> if we can get, eventually hook up with that. I don't think it would be. Score. Do you think it would be nice to be that smart? I, that's got to be painful, don't you think? I feel like the smarter you are, the harder it is to. Yeah. You'd just be so frustrated all the time. I sure would think so. No question about it. So, Mr. Eggert, what the hell have you been up to? Oh, gosh. Um, I'm just looking ahead to the next week because it's the fishing opener next week. Oh, right? that's right. Um, so I'm going to be uh, in Mankato next. The the, the uh, Tom Bernard podcast news will be originating from Mankato next week, Friday morning. Man, I love Mankato, baby. You haven't been there in a while now, but I, that's set. you drive down 169. Yeah, it, Great it's drive. a super pretty drive. Like it is. along the Minnesota River there, to me that's one of the prettiest spots in the state. Especially the part that's owned by Marty Davis. That those no, spots are really nice. Quite a lot of that, isn't there? <laughs> yes, there's quite a lot of land. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. But God, I haven't the, talked to Marty in a while. I got to call him. Got the uh, Cambria silo. Yes, set up down there. Isn't that great? Yeah, I like Mankato too. I, I'm looking forward to that. But uh, it looks like the weather's, I mean, you just brought it up in the forecast. The weather's finally starting to turn a corner. Yes, sir. For sure in southern Minnesota, all the lakes are going to be open for the opener. But I know uh, last week we checked, that was earlier this week, we checked in with somebody up in Otter Tail. And some of the lakes there and in northern Minnesota, are. it's still very questionable whether they're going to have ice <laughs> off the lakes. Yeah. <laughs> That, by the opener. It's no joke. I got to go up to and put the uh, dock in this weekend. And, really? and half of Winnebagosh is still on ice. Yeah. yeah. Is it really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wondered because it's been so windy the last couple of days. A lot of times a big wind like that will just move the sheet of ice and it will, you know, clear it off. I wonder if some of those lakes, I hadn't checked in with anybody at Mille Lacs. Mille Lacs is usually a big one that when, 
when there's a huge wind thing that was going on, they usually kind of clear the ice off pretty quickly, which also unfortunately usually means those that sheet of ice like slides into a bunch of people's cabins and stuff too. Oh, I bet. I bet it caused a lot of damage. I wouldn't. I you would fish assume. anymore, Tom? Did you fish? No, I was, I've never been a fisher person. Never, I, I don't know why. I just, first of all, I don't like fish because they made me eat it every Friday as a Roman Catholic boy. Oh, yeah. They forced me to eat fish every Friday, so I'm like, I'm never eating fish again as long as I live. Because the I fish we that. got in North Minneapolis wasn't exactly your high-toned stuff, yeah. I'll tell you that. Well, I, I just saw a story about that. Um, I can't remember where it was. Uh, just in the last day or two that, like, those, uh, for, they're called forever chemicals. Oh, yeah. Like finding forever chemicals in, like, all these freshwater fish yep. all over the place. And I know everyone's always kind of, particularly in more urban areas, like, eh, I wouldn't necessarily eat that fish if you if you catch it. But I don't know. That's it, You kind of want, like, my kid was there with me. He's like, he goes, where is that stuff? And I kind of looked at it. I'm like, I don't know. Unfortunately, I think it's probably everywhere at this point. Yeah, you might be. I will tell you this, though, that I do like crustaceans, your shrimp, your crab, lobster. Yeah. I love that yeah. stuff. Because we Rudy, didn't have a lot fish? of that on Fridays. Shannon, do you fish? No, I don't have the attention span for it. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. I have ADHD. So, so, Rudy, you do fish. Yeah, quite a bit. Yep. Do you really? Yeah, so I'll be up. I got a show Friday, but then leaving super early, like around 3 a.m. on Saturday. Get to the cabin, be on the uh, lake by about 7.30. We'll fish mostly all day, and then half a Sunday, and then come back, and then go back the following weekend as well. And then, you know, in the summertime, try to hit it up as much as you can in the first couple of weeks of the season. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, northern Minnesota is great. Central northern Minnesota is great. Yeah. The whole different setup. No question about it. I think we're going up for the 4th of July. We're going to go up north, probably up on the North Shore. I've never been there. Yeah, Duluth, right? You were saying Duluth? Yeah. yeah. I've been as far as, what, like two harbors? Maybe a little past two harbors. Mm-hmm. But there's still, what, about an hour and a half, two hours to go to Grand You're Marais. going to Grand Marais, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. Catherine and I are going to, and then we're going to meet the kids in Duluth coming back. So I'm looking forward to it because I do. I absolutely love it. Well, to tell you the truth, there are not a whole lot of bad because I've you know, worked and lived uh, anywhere from Duluth to Grand Forks to Fargo to – I never lived down south, Rochester, Mankato. I never lived down there. But I love those areas anyway. Like I said, that drive – we were just talking about that drive on 169 is gorgeous. No um, question. We had a segment on uh, the show yesterday about Lake Pepin. I'm becoming quickly becoming Team Lake Pepin. Oh, yeah. like a, it's a really pretty area. Everyone always goes north, but like southern Minnesota, particularly down between here and Rochester, it's also like super pretty. And not that I'm in the market for buying a cabin or something anywhere, but there are some actual fairly affordable things that are available to buy in the Lake Pepin area, much more affordable than you would get if you were to head north. I would imagine. By the way, I just got a text message from a maybe a relative, maybe a close friend. Bernard, you're a moron. You lived in Lesueur when you were in first grade. So I have lived down near Mankato. No. I just forgot. <laughs> well, I was four years old, so it's not like I got a lot of great yeah. memories. Well, it's, it's what co- was your memory of Lesueur? Uh Mm. Yeah, there's lots of grass outside. There you go. Well, it's called Le Sewer, which is French for the sewer. The sewer. So, sewer. That makes sense. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. Wasn't he like a one of those? What do they call those? What the hell are those people called that they go new territory oh, explorer? Yeah. Or uh, kind of an explorer, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that what That's he was? What I was thinking too. I think he was with Father Hennepin or some damn thing. 
I guess. I don't know. But it's kind of, well, I only lived there for about four months anyway, and that was in first grade, so I don't have a, I got some memories. I know I lived there till Christmas because my brother tried to talk to me that the star was actually Santa up in the sky. And, his, you know, I do remember Aww. that. So that was nice. Anyway. When did you guys first find out about Santa and, like, when the secret was busted? I still haven't. So thanks for bringing it up. I still have deep belief, and now you've ruined it for the rest of time. I, do you remember, Shannon? I never believed in Santa. Never even as a little kid. But my younger siblings did, but I never did. So. Did, have an did you attitude, ever rat them out and no. tell them? <laughs> no, I, would, I wouldn't tell people. I wouldn't tell people. Yeah, yeah. There's a great documentary with Mick Foley, the professional wrestler, called I Am Santa. And in it, he's on the cusp of having to break the news to his almost teenage boys so there's this great moment at the Aww. end he's there's this great moment at the end of the documentary where he dresses up as santa every year and then it's christmas eve and the family's upstairs around the christmas tree and they have a big house they have a few trees in the house and the mom is like guys i think i hear something downstairs and they they're like oh it's santa and then they go downstairs and there's mick foley dressed up like santa and they're like, oh, dad, that's so lame. Like, it's, you're not Santa. And then they hear like a big crash upstairs in the living room. And the boys go running upstairs. Uh -oh. And there is the actual Santa <laughs> standing there. And the boys lose their minds. They're sobbing. They're it. like, I can't believe it. He's real. <laughs> oh, oh it, it'll leave you a puddle. Oh, I love those days. It, it hit me when my daughter one day was like, Oh, really, Dad? Santa gave this to me? Okay, I sure. Yeah. Ruin Santa. I love Santa. I feel like it's like the end of their innocence, right? Yeah. Like, you know, you, you tell kids all kinds of stuff when they're really little, and you just want to be happy because you know when they get older and, you know, life's going to take a shit on them just like it does everybody, and yeah. you just mm -hmm. love that innocence about it. I remember my, my youngest, she's super smart as a whip. She figured it out at the we were at the mall buying something for like my sister's random boyfriend at the time. And she saw what I bought for him. And like, it was two weeks later, we're opening presents and they were from Santa. She probably wasn't any more old, probably six or seven. And she looked at the thing and she looked at me and she goes, I just saw you buying that two weeks ago. <laughs> ah, yeah. That'll all work out in the end. Yeah. Yeah. We had one of the greatest Santas of all time. A guy, you, you ever guys ever met Fitz? Michael Fitzgibbons, my friend. Mm -mm. Mike, Michael has a voice kind of like this, got a very deep voice. And he's 6'5", weighs about 3'10". And he dresses up like Santa every year. He's a great Santa, except he's got that hey, ho, ho, ho. Yeah, guy, right. You know, right? <laughs> my favorite one is he comes into the house one year, and he's you could not tell he was, you know, not a real Santa. He looked really real. And he walks in. He goes, ho, 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 Santa's here, kids. And all the kids are running, oh, my God, it's great. My nephew walks by and goes, hey, Fitz, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> did he break cool. character then or did he stick with it? No, he stuck with it. He, yeah. he, he was Good. very uh, just, see, I love those times. The little kids, you take them to see Santa or you whatever the holiday is. I love that, watching little kids get so damn excited about that stuff. I know. They it's, don't do the windows downtown Minneapolis anymore, do they? They used to dress, dress them up for Christmas every year. I think they've made, a, like, there's a bit of a movement to get that going again oh, when, they, wonderful. when they reopen that Dayton's project down there. Yeah. Um, 
but I I never go down there, so I didn't I didn't I hadn't, didn't see it. I think we had it on the news. Well, you don't like getting beat up. What's the problem? I, listen, I don't I don't have a, I don't have a big problem with downtown Minneapolis. I'm just a loser. Like I live in the suburbs, so I'm like okay. <laughs> I'm a loser. I drive, I drive through St. Paul, Minneapolis every day, but I, you know, I got to get back out to my strip malls and my um, tract homes. <laughs> Are you the one I told the story about my friend that said, I, I don't believe that downtown Minneapolis is bad at all. I'm going to go down for a walk down Hennepin Avenue. Did I tell you that story? No. Oh, it's magnificent. It was like last year, two years ago, whenever the hell it was. It was during COVID, so it was probably two years ago. But he said, I'm going to go downtown and walk downtown and prove to people it's, this is not weird at all and nothing's going on. It's not that big a deal. I get a call about 20 minutes later. Tom, I made a huge mistake. I said, why? What's the problem? He goes, I walked down Hennepin Avenue. I said, what, wasn't any violence. He goes, well, not involving me, but I had to walk through two naked women who were fist fighting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, why do I always miss the good stuff? Yeah, we always miss the good stuff, don't we? <laughs> They're slugging it out mm-hmm. on Hennepin Avenue, and they're both naked. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. Shannon, you're a bartender, right? Yeah. Where do you bar? Where? Uh, well, can I ask, or just tell what part of town? Uh, actually, right here in St. Louis Park. St. Louis Park. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Is the booze hut? Um, <laughs> no, right around the at Punchbowl Social. Oh, that's right. You told me that. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna open a bar called the Booze Hut. What do you think? I like it. I'll, I'll work there. there for you. All right, sounds good. I Shannon some, will be. You'll be running. I got some ten-year-olds too. We can get some oh, cheap some, child labor. Some yeah. free child labor we could get. <laughs> That'd be wonderful. Yeah. Shannon, is that where is Punchbowl where Toby Keys used to be? It's right across from it. Yep. Okay. That thing's God, still I, not of, filled. No. Toby Keys is still empty after what three years it's now? It's been at least probably five years. Five years, really? Yeah. Whoa. Uh, one of the more depressing things that ever happened in my adulthood happened at Toby Keese. I was out with some friends <laughs> way back in the day. And um, it's probably 10 plus years ago. And uh, we were out, blah, 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 blah. And this, you know, fairly attractive younger gal come over to me and she, she kind of like sized me up, looked me up and down, looked right at me and said, you probably used to be good looking. <laughs> How old was Whoa. the kid? Oh no. I'm guessing she was, you know, mid 20s, early 30s, and I was like, oh my God. Oh, funny. Just kill me. Like, oh, no. I honestly, I don't think I've gone to the bars like that ever since. You left never and came. never came back. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'll just sit here at the bar and drink alone. Back with a to bunch your suburbs. Sad- Man. Yeah, right. that, that place used to have a brass rail on the floor right up against the bar. You know, you could yeah. put your feet on it. Oh, yeah. And there was one time I was in there. And I'll kind of show you guys. Chris, you can see this on the, uh, on the camera. But I was yeah. standing on the rail like this, and I was up a little bit higher, and I was ordering <laughs> drinks for people. And this girl came up, and she got next to me. And I was like, hey, how's it going? And we start chatting it up. And then I'm like, I'm like hey, uh, um, my friends and I are back, you know, kind of back in the back corner over there. We got a table. Do you want to join us? And she's like, yeah, that sounds great. Let me go grab my friends. And I said, great. And I jumped down off the brass rail. And she saw like I was a half an inch shorter than her. And she's like, you know what? I think I'm just going to grip my friends. We're going to go to another bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Yep. <laughs> We've all been through that, haven't we? Mm-hmm. Not all of us. <laughs> not all of us. No, I suppose not. Well, have you always been accepted? So no matter who you not hit on or anything, but wanted to engage with, you've never been rebuffed? Um, I don't think so. But so I don't like, good. I don't hit on people that often. 
Like, well, I suppose that's true. You probably don't. But I mean, I pretty much. Well, well Chris, were you ever rejected at a bar? Oh God, yes. All I mean, hundreds <laughs> of times. Makes you stronger. It does make you stronger. But I, it's so weird. I'm so out of touch with the, like the social media apps now and the Tinder and Grinder and God, whatever else the things are. Like that. That's a lot of the way that people meet each other now and date and. Uh, like the idea of just like going to the bar and, and meeting someone, I don't know that, that doesn't really happen that much anymore, does it? It doesn't. You're absolutely right about that. I don't know if that's unfortunate. I was not a big bar goer. I, I just, I think I was too big a prick to hang around in bars and drink alcohol. You probably always wanted to brawl (laughs) by the end of the night. Mm, Pretty much true. Yes. So I, I didn't do a lot of bar drinking. It's pretty much either at home or somebody else's house or those kind of deals, you know, plus the fact Buying good wine at a bar is incredibly expensive. That was the other part of it, I think. Oh, yeah. No, that's very true. Because I like very good true. wine, and, man, you, you buy good wine at a bar, it's going to cost you a lot of money. So I guess I'm a cheap prick, too. What do you think? <laughs> Makes sense. It? You know, it's a possibility. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you slog through life. Don't you just keep slogging through life is all we can do. Right? That's what we do. We slog. <laughs> we <laughs> slog, Tom. Any other big news headlines in the world we should know about? Yeah, actually, um, a, a really big thing. I don't if you know anything about. You hear a lot about the um, the gang crime in Minneapolis, oh, and yeah. North Minneapolis, South yep. Minneapolis. Um, I think the Strib had a story several years ago that, like, basically the crime they could narrow down to a certain number of blocks and a certain number of people, and it was kind of the same groups of people who were involved in a lot of it. Yep. Um, they made a big, they just announced a, a big arrest yesterday. Like dozens of members of two different, two different street gangs yep. were arrested. And they announced this yesterday, uh, 45 different people who they say were involved in the gang activity. So um, obviously the law enforcement officials are pretty happy to have them off the streets. They're able to um, arrest them in, in some sort of different parameters. So they, it may be considered organized crime. So I think the implication is that they may spend more time in jail if they're found guilty. So I think, I mean, I know we talk a lot about crime in, in Minneapolis and um, I'm, I'm sure this is going to, you know, people are going to be very happy that some progress has been made, but I mean, obviously we know there's a long ways to go yet and that's not even talking about St. Paul yet either. So. No, that's very true. What was the name of that sheriff, Tony Boza, when that was his name? Remember Tony Boza, the the Tenaba County Sheriff, I guess he was. Maybe it was Minneapolis Police Chief. I think it was Minneapolis Police Chief, something like that. Had him on the show years and years ago, on the queue over there, probably 30 years ago. No, I grew up in North Minneapolis, right? Yep. So I'm talking to him about uh, crime and criminals and gangs, and and he goes, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, what do you mean? I said, well, I just talk about the gangs in my old neighborhood, and I said, he goes, we don't have any gangs in Minnesota. I said, what? He goes, there aren't any crimes. There are no gangs in Minnesota. I don't know what you're talking about. I said, uh, I'll come over and pick you up and we'll go for a drive. What do you <laughs> He tried to convince me. And then he had Don Fraser convinced, too, that there were, there were no gangs in Minneapolis. Well, like, who was he trying to bullshit on that? I, mean, or I was don't he... know. I, don't I mean, they it couldn't have been that clueless, right? No, he. But he was on the air, and I don't think he wanted to admit that crime was a yeah. that, that gang crime was a huge problem in Minneapolis. You know, I I've been noticing with the the new chief of police in Minneapolis, this O'Hara guy who they brought came here from 
I think Newark. Um, he's been really pushing back on some of the criminal justice decisions. We just had a story the other day about um, young people being arrested for like carjacking and all these kinds of things. He's like, we arrest them and they're back out on the street the next day. So he's kind of trying to deflect, like, listen, Minneapolis police can only do so much. And then um, the Hennepin County attorney, Mary Moriarty, she sort of was playing the other hand of it. And she goes, we don't have enough facilities to put these juvenile offenders in. Like, we can't hold them. So I I don't know. I mean, you see a political game being played right now, too. Yes, yes. And I I know that this this new chief's definitely like, listen, we can accept the responsibility that we can accept, but we can't. What can we do beyond arrest them, right? Mm Hmm. No, you're absolutely right. You got to prosecute them now. Yeah, Minneapolis police doesn't have a prison that it can throw people in. It doesn't work that way. So, anyway, I agree. Is there anything we're going to ever be able to do? Look, until we get around this, nobody gets along and everybody hates one another. I don't know what the hell we're going to do about this. This whole thing. I hate this person. I hate that person. I wouldn't waste my time hating anyone. I just wouldn't go around them. Right. Yeah, I think that's definitely part of it, too, just culturally. Yes. If we're just, uh, you know, start being nicer to each other. Who is that again? And uh, oh, I can't remember the name of the movie. I just hate you and I hate your ass face. Who was that again? Ooh, I don't know. I've oh. heard that many a times, not in a movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Rudy, I think we heard that the last time we were at uh, Toby Keith's. <laughs> yes, both of, both of I heard that that night, yes. I just hate you, and I hate your ass face. Damn it, I can't think of who said that. And I can't remember the movie it was in either. It was very funny. No question about it. So anything else of great import? Uh, there's a sports betting bill that is getting oh. – uh, Seeming to be very close, but they've only got like three weeks left to go in the session. And right now they're giving it like a 50-50 shot. Um, So the sports betting would go to the Native American tribes, but uh, the two horse racing tracks are fighting it. Canterbury and Running Aces is fighting it because the way it's set up right now, they would not get in on it. And so, Aren't they having huge trouble out there at the racetrack now? This would be really helpful, wouldn't it? There was something that was discussed yesterday that would um, create a fund to help the horse tracks offset any losses if they weren't able to offer sports betting. Right. So I right. think that it's it's still very questionable. And uh, three weeks to go if they can come up with a compromise. Can I ask you a question? Sure. I go to Mystic Lake. I go to Treasure Island. I go to the racetrack once in a while, a couple times a year anyway. They're completely different. Why can't they bet at the horse track? They're not going to take any money away from the big casinos. It's, it's a different kind of better. Yeah, I, I don't quite get all the nuances of that. I'm not a sports better, but I, I no, mean, me either. There's everyone's scrapping for every last dollar, right? I guess, yeah. you know, that, that's what it all comes down to. I suppose that's it. That we did. It's not. We didn't make enough money. We need to make more. Yeah, right. I don't know. Like I, I'm not a big gambler anyway. I never have been a big gambler. You know, I was never, even when I was a kid. I was. I played poker and stuff with my friends. Yeah. You know, that's not that big a deal. But I've never been a huge gambler. I, I like. I said. I like going to Mystic Lake or Treasure Island, going up north, Great Bear up there, and all that stuff. I I think it's a lot of fun doing that, but I just don't do it very often. I lose 20 bucks in a machine and I'm like, so I'm depressed. I'm like, oh my God. I know exactly what you're talking about. 
And I go to a friend, I go with a friend to Vegas every once in a while. And this guy's like, throw, like just, a, he's a baller. And I'm like sitting there, I'm like, oh my God. And he's like, are you going to gamble? I'm like, uh, not like that. I mean, I, I like, to, <laughs> let's go to the penny machines. I'm like, grandma. <laughs> No. One nickel at a time. There you go. <laughs> All right. I know you got to go. So why don't we spin yeah. around the room? Let's right, go with yours first. Okay. Thanks a lot, Chris. Bye. Chris Eggert, ladies and gentlemen. I was going to ask him um, the worst or best thing he's ever seen at a casino. Who, you yeah. know, uh, I've had many, 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 uh, <laughs> so <laughs> many stories good. of casinos. Yeah. There was one time, uh, kind of back in my, uh, Early twenties, I had a giant beard growing, huge beard. Oh, okay. I, I, I'm a man of facial hair. I I'm can, a man. Yeah, I can definitely grow it. Uh, I can't. Really? No. Oh, yeah, it's, terrible. It's it's. I mean, I look like you know a, a tiny. I look like Paul Bunyan Jr. Do you really? <laughs> yeah. Give me a red flannel and a blue ox, man. I'm yeah. a, I'm a t- small Paul Bunyan. I got nothing. But uh, we were on our way to the casino. It was like 11:30 at night. You know, we had been drinking, and we stopped by a gas station to buy a beef and bean burrito in a microwave. So we get to the casino. It's like 2 a.m. And I meet these girls, and we start chatting, and they're laughing. And then a friend of mine walks up, and then they walk away. And I go, "What was that all about?" And he's like, "Go in the bathroom." And I go in the bathroom, and I got like half a beef and cheese bean burrito stuck <laughs> in my beard. And I was like, well, that makes sense as to why those girls wanted well, to get a selfie with me. I was like, I had no idea why, why that happened. Yeah. Now, that's it's just quickly back to the beard thing. I cannot grow a beard. that It's like five different colors, mm-hmm. and there are many, many clear patches. Sure. Like, it just, I can't grow hair on my face. I don't I'm much further evolved than most people. Is that what you're thinking, Shannon? <laughs> of course. Obviously. Yes, that's what mind. it was. <laughs> no, I, I, nothing. I, I, even a mustache. I had a Fu Manchu mustache for a while. It looked ridiculous. It just, like I said, it's five different colors. Sure. And I wasn't going to start dyeing my mustache. No. So I just keep it off my. The pain in the ass is I can't grow a real beard, but I have to shave every damn day. Yeah. What is that? It's not fair. <laughs> is it? Yeah, the it, 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 beards and guys are the same with women and hair. Like, guys yeah. who can't grow beards want beards. Guys who grow beards are like, gosh, I wish I could just stop shaving this thing every single yeah. day. Women with yep. curly hair are like, I would kill for straight hair. And vice versa. Yeah. I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose that's very, very true. Yeah, I just, uh, I know you can go and there's a new deal, and I guess it's very expensive, but you can get all of the hairs taken off your face so it never grows again. Oh, like laser hair removal? Yeah, is it? Yeah, it's like a. La- I think it is laser hair removal. I'm pretty sure, but I. It's not that big a deal to me. I get five minutes to shave. I'm not going to go laser my face for about a month. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. I'm good to go. But in any case, I suppose we better take a break here. We'll be right back in a couple minutes. Show goes on right after this Tom Bernard show. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show podcast. Put your hands together and give a warm welcome to your dad. Yeah, that's that's me. Let's do it. Luke and Obi-Wan walk into a Chinese restaurant. Ten minutes into the meal, Luke's still having trouble with the chopsticks. Dropping food everywhere. Obi finally snaps. Use the forks, Luke. Hey, why couldn't Luke Skywalker find love? He was looking in Alderaan places. I saw a falcon eating avocado toast. It was a millennial falcon. Okay, 
What make of car do Jedi Masters love? What? Toyotas. <laughs> what Jedi likes to sing living on a prayer? What? Bon Jovi Juan Kenobi. Give it up for your dad. <laughs> so it's your dad telling jokes. <laughs> See, I love those jokes were so lame, mm -hmm. but I love so your dad up telling jokes. That's the deal. Yeah, I love the fact that uh, being a comedian, that every time I'm at like a picnic or I'm out at a barbecue or something, there's always one guy that finds out and he's like a friend's uncle. And then he pulls me off to the side. He's like, hey, I got one for your little oh, skits. Yeah. I got oh. one for your little skits. Oh, hey, yeah. you feel free to use this one. I'm like, you were telling that joke in 1973. Like, first off, <laughs> why would I ever use somebody else's material in a joke that is 20 years older than I am? How are comedians doing right now, Rudy? Because I mean, you're working in the business, all the rest of it. Are people coming back to shows? Oh, yeah. Because we have, I'm, we used to have every Thursday and Friday, we'd have comedians in, because there were three different locations. You know, obviously the Mall of America, obviously Acme, and the other one was, I can't remember. Yeah, House of Comedy, Acme. Uh, let's, oh, Joke Joint. There was yeah, Joke, joke joint, joint back in the yeah, day. There you yep. go. Yep. Mm -hmm. There you yeah. go. But yep. Nonstop comedians, and now. We haven't had one in in a long time. Yeah. Well, the, the younger generation doesn't feel like they need to have radio or podcasts. They have their own thing. They have their social medias. They have this yeah. and that. I'm like, yep. I don't think you guys realize how big of a reach these sh the shows like we do have. They do. You know? yeah, it's around the world, actually. Yeah. The, the, the older comedians, the elder statesmen and women of comedy know that you need to go out. Like I've talked yeah. about this before. Tammy Pescatelli had sold out shows, and she's like, we're going to go get our asses up, and we're going to go do radio yep. at 7 a.m. Because the next time we come back, I want to make sure all of those shows are sold out, not just three out of the I five. Agree. And I'm like, I 1,000% agree with that. Yep. yep, it's very, very smart. So it's going to be great having comedians on again. I mean, we've had them on, don't get me wrong, but you know, I was just thinking about Several people that I've known for years and years, they just don't come through town anymore. Are no. they going to start now more, do you think? Yeah, I think, you know, the Midwest is tough because we have such a big gap in between bigger cities. Yeah, true. Between Minneapolis, Madison, Chicago, where if you're on the East Coast, you're in Boston, you know, New York is an hour 45. You can get to a spot in Philadelphia. You don't, you know, <clears throat> Pittsburgh is not that far of a drive. Where we are, Minneapolis, and then the next morning you got to get up and drive four hours to Fargo. It's like, ugh, they don't want to do it. What was the name of those guys again? Larry the Cable Guy and Ron White and you know all those guys. What Blue Collar Comedy? Blue Collar Comedy, mm -hmm. exactly. Those guys came to town. This is, I don't know how many years ago. but it's, First of all, I should tell people who are not in the area that Minneapolis-St. Paul is one of the greatest comedy markets in the United States. And now many people don't understand that. Not as big audiences, I suppose. But... We appreciate comedy here more in Minnesota than I think a lot of places do, mm -hmm. right? So all those guys, when they had just done that TV, that movie that they did, the whatever the hell it was called. Yeah, they had a couple of different ones, but I think I know which one you're talking the about. The one at the very beginning, mm -hmm. where nobody even knew who the hell they were. Sure. Right? Well, those guys came to town one by one, and by the time, I believe, the last one came to town, all of them had booked at least eight to ten shows in Minneapolis-St. Paul. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just blew up. Ron White, I mean, he ended up buying his own jet from, I think, the movie, the, the money that he made just from coming to Twin Cities. Yeah, we got to get that going again because Minnesotans do support comedy, I think, better than anywhere else. Maybe New York, Chicago, Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. 
But yeah, I, I do you still find that to be true? Yeah. Oh yeah. Minneapolis is <laughs> such a great market. You go to places like and there's a lot of comics that want to get out of here and go places. Yeah. Trying to find somewhere that's not LA or New York because I feel like Minneapolis is a great place to be able to cut your teeth. Yeah, and, oh yeah. And get oh, yeah. very good. You're probably not gonna make it make it here. You should probably leave here and go to a place, get good here, start to headline, then go to a place like a Denver or an Austin. Yeah. And then after you, especially like a Denver, you can really build up your chops and they're just like Minneapolis, totally support comedy. And then after that, then go hit a LA or a New York. There's a lot of people who have the cojones to go, I'm just going to move to LA and start comedy. I'm like, you should probably have like seven years (laughs) under your belt before you decide to make that journey, my man. No, I think that's absolutely accurate. That's very, very true. You can't just run out there. They're just not going to have room for you. No. It's just not going to happen unless you know somebody you're never getting on stage. So, yeah, work your stuff out here, get it done. But we need more comedy, and particularly right now. And I think there's going to be, this is just my opinion, a huge surge of comedy coming after this hateful period we're in right now. Oh, yeah. It's just it's disgusting the way that people just despise one another right now. I wouldn't give my energy to hate someone. There are mm-hmm. people I don't like. But I can't tell you one person I absolutely hate because I'm not wasting my energy on it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Settle down, for Christ's sake. Grow a pair. You know what I mean? (laughs) Get off your ass. Go out get it done. But, yeah, so it's good to hear that that, 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 people are starting to circulate through and come back and all the rest of it. And I hope eventually we get back to those days when literally it was every Thursday and Friday there would be somebody sitting in studio just, I mean, I'm talking about big names, too, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So hopefully we can get back to that. That would be, uh, well, first of all, working in that environment is just fantastic. Oh, yeah. I, I could never imagine the rest of my life not being a comedian. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts.